experience with in their lives and what's that (laughs) (laughs) well it is election night does that um mean anything to you yeah i mean it means something to everybody of course but what does it mean to you particularly it's a democracy in action you know yeah everybody as long as it's fair and honest voting everybody going to the polls putting in their going in their little privacy tent and (laughs) putting in their vote yeah my, I myself, I voted. Uh, it's true democracy. Um, what do you call it? The melon ballot thing. Did you? Really? Did you? Did you melon? Did you melon your your ballot? Yeah, that was the route I took. Too. Who did you vote for? I can't tell you. That's that's a secret. <laughs> why <laughs> is that? Man, why, why is that's a typical white response? White person why, response. Why is everybody secret? Why is everybody so like? I don't know, because it's supposed to be. Because remember, there used to be a time when people that talk about politics, people could could uh, communicate with other people who may not have the same beliefs as them and, and have a civil conversation. People used to not talk about politics? Well, I mean, they did, but they didn't... There wasn't uh, as much division. Yeah, there wasn't as much division, I don't yeah, think. that's true. But Especially with this election. Yeah. Do you think it's... Uh, the, div- the divisiveness is purposely created? I think a lot of it is. Yeah. You know? With the whole right and left and... Um, yeah, each side has their own ideology that they're trying to... Yeah, but it's gotten so extreme. Like, you got the extreme right and then you got extreme left. Then you have some moderates. But it, it seems like the loudest voices of people with the most fringe ideas are the loudest. You know what I mean? Like, people that are rational thinking don't have as loud of a voice, I don't think. I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. Almost like they don't they don't get as, as much exposure. Like... Yeah. Well, as, as um, beliefs that, like, fall in line with, the, with, their, with their party. Yeah. Right. They're kind of way far out of out of space, you know? Out of whack, or out of their element? No, just so far away from the original uh, beliefs and ideas, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, so, um, we live in Florida, so we know who the governor's gonna be. Do we? I mean, come on, it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be Chris, Christ. So the poll is close tonight? Yeah. At midnight? Is that on the I don't know what time it is. I think it's like five or six or something like that. So, but, you, so you think everything's going to go smoothly this time? I don't know. Who the fuck knows? It's yet to be yeah. seen. But, so the original idea for the Rose and Wills podcast was to talk about um, disability, living with a disability. Mm-hmm. Because both of us have uh, Becker's muscular dystrophy, if anybody didn't know that. But, um... No, so, we're, we're trying to give people out there a unique perspective on 
I like that. On uh, dealing with something. Yeah. Like what we had. Yeah. Which we've discussed before previously, but other yeah. episodes, but right. That's really the main focus is that we're yeah trying to give you all some idea of what we of what our lives. Oh, I feel like. like we've kind of lived a um, like a simultaneous life. Like both of us have done Fulfilling. the same thing. Like we played in a band together. Yeah. We like the same kind of music. Which a lot of siblings don't have that uh, connection. Yeah, that kind of connection, you know? Seems like a lot of siblings don't get along. Yeah, um, we have a lot of a lot of twin like tendencies it seems. Yeah. Kinda of, not like we're telepathic, but like like we share a telepathy or something, but you know. Yeah. I don't know why, because we're brothers, so I guess. We I have a lot of the same perspectives on things. Yeah. But, should we talk about the band when we played music? No. <laughs> Recent happenings. I started a new job this year. Okay. Working for a life insurance company. Um, Doing what exactly? <laughs> just processing people's payments and dealing with... Uh, like people canceling their policies and people calling with questions. Good experience? Yeah, I enjoy talking to the people. They're, uh, a lot of them are nice. A lot of the old people are kind of nice to, or fun to talk to. I bet that really kind of, kind of tries your patience probably on occasion. Sometimes, I mean, I give them a lot of leeway because I, I know they're old, you know, I kind of, I have a lot of patience with them. You know, sometimes you get some old people that are real cranky real grumpy but then you get some old people that are really really like uh bubbly kind of kind of they're happy they're old but they're happy man when i'm that age i'm gonna be grumpy as hell i bet yeah, I, yeah I, like i'm already pretty pretty uh grumpy now so like how do old people stay happy getting so old they like, they move to the villages <laughs> they go and party it up at the villages yeah why they're in college all over again yeah. Well, they talked about how um, in that documentary we watched about the villages, how social, being socially active and physically active prolongs your life, adds years to your life. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, you know been proven. Yeah. Well, a lot of the old people I talk to, they they say like they still feel young in their mind, but they. Their bodies are just old. Wait, so this, so so you actually had some customers that did that? Yeah, that talked to me that, about that. Yeah, that told you that. Well, this lady was like, "I can't believe I'm so old." Like she was talking about, she couldn't see and she couldn't believe that she was as old as she is, and that she was still alive and still healthy. Yeah, like I think that too. Sometimes I'm like, "Man, I'm old. I'm 36 year old. I feel old, but I know I'm not that old." But I guess with this disability being physically disabled it makes you feel older than you really are <laughs> your body it's kind of like being old yeah i mean don't you feel old like you're 80 yeah you have aches and pains that you really shouldn't have yeah this you have age. stiffness in your muscles that are it's just not something that somebody of your age should be experiencing yeah well that's why i started um going to the stretch zone thing where they stretch your joints and your and your muscles and everything yeah you went for the first time today right yeah you were saying yeah. Well, I think, I mean, for what we have, we've done very well 
I mean, we're in better shape than we should be, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. But it's really about staying physically active and just uh, socially active, talking to people and not uh, going into a hole and becoming a hermit and just, like, hiding away from the world. You got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, another good... Uh, reason why we're doing this podcast is to yeah uh, have some kind of outlet right so we can discuss our feelings and how we're like getting along in life yeah and in other words doing this podcast thing is kind of a does it help you it's definitely a challenge to try to put into words uh right, everything that you're topic. thinking yeah what do you um? What have you been up to lately? Recent events? Just been. Nope. What now? Say again. <laughs> I said, what have you been doing recently? What's What's new? Well, it's November, so I'm attempting to write a novel in a month. That's what I've been working on. Is that a, a yearly thing they have? Yeah, they've uh, they've been doing it since 1997, I think. Uh huh, and uh, it's a worldwide. Uh, it's not a competition, but it's basically a writing competition that's meant to to uh, oh shit, meant to that's meant to make people want to write. That's meant to give you the push, the necessary push that you might need to begin writing to finish a novel that maybe you started and gave up on or. Is there a prize? A collection that you that you're working on that, that you never finished. Is there a prize? Uh, there's no prize, but they there is uh, some kind some type of incentive. Can you get published? Uh, there have been novels that people wrote uh, during this this. Uh... Well, give us some. Uh, what's the name of this writing competition for people who may not know? National Novel Writing Month. They have it every every November. And it okay. runs from November 1st to November 30th. Okay. In which time you... And any genre? It can be about anything? Yeah, and you have to meet the uh, minimum word count, which is 50,000 words. God. So... How many pages is that? 50,000 words. Pretty good bit. I mean, I'm only 8,000 words in, and it's 25 pages. Dang. So... Dude, um, and you have to the finish math. the 50,000 by November uh, 30th? November 30th. I think you can do it. Just keep pushing. And so that's what I've been, been uh, focusing on. I'm trying to get the word count, you know, the same every day. Yeah. Of course, the last two days I, I didn't write at all because I got distracted. Yeah. About 2,000 words is the is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. As far as... 2,000 words a day? Yeah. And you'll have that finished by uh, November 30th? Should be about the 30th if, yeah. I, if I keep at it. Yeah. But well, let's talk about the like it's definitely the, daunting the uh, focus and drive it takes to do that because I hear a lot of writers talk about how the hardest part is just getting yourself to sit down and actually write forcing yourself to do that and putting you know pen to paper or fingers to you know keyboard to to uh, to, <laughs> Finger, to fingers computer. to computer yeah fingers to your keyboard that's what I'm saying that like pushing yourself to to actually go about starting is really the hard part but once you yeah you know, once you find a rhythm and you keep, I think that's you, with anything. Going. 
I think that's with anything though. It becomes easier the more you do it. Like, yeah, but anything worthwhile doing or that takes some kind of... Anything worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah. Anything that takes any creativeness or, you know... I mean, anything really. You have to push yourself to do it, you know? Like I've had to push myself to exercise or to read or to... um, Read? Call somebody or talk to somebody on the phone. It takes a lot... To push me to do that, yeah. Um, I think that's something I, I I need to do more of is to talk to people, like call people and talk, like because I don't I don't reach out enough to people. I know, but like you were telling me the other day, um, you were saying that you're wanting to wanting to get back into writing, know, writing into yeah, I do the self uh self, I started that self, self authoring. Yeah, I started that about two years ago. The Jordan Peterson uh, self-authoring program, and yeah, I haven't written on that in like two years, so I kind of want to start getting back to that. So, Rob, just kind of explain to the people that aren't familiar with that what like what the process of that is, what kind of like how it's how it's arranged. That so well, he has a you write about your past um, experiences, like past life experiences the things that you went through, what you remember about how those things make you like made you feel. Um, and then you write about good. And then you write about your present, where like where you are presently and where you are at in life and what your aspirations and goals are. So, so does he actually state the, these, these questions in the, yeah. Yeah. Ask you questions like, What's your first romantic experience that you remember? What's your first like childhood friend or something like that? Or what do you remember about that? Um, and some of them are kind of open-ended. Like what, what's your most vivid like past experience or something like that? And then you write about it and he tells you to be as truthful as you can about what you remember and just get it out there. Um, so you see kind of how the, past has shaped your life and why you are the way you are who you are and then also it asks you to write about the the future like what you see yourself doing in the future and what you want to be doing in the future you know yeah so so you're basically writing like a biography or basically writing your like memoirs kind of in a in a way that's easier to yeah to um organize your yeah. thought pattern or whatever yeah to organize your thoughts and also I think that will help your writing in general right I mean just writing the more you write the better you get at it yeah just like mechanically doing it it helps just yeah the more that you just pick up the pen or like you said sort of at the computer yeah type the, the more truth comes out I think if you're if that's your focus unless you're yeah it just depends if you're writing nonfiction or if you're writing. Well, what do you fiction. what do you write? Do you write more nonfiction or fiction? Come on, you know the answer to that. Not fiction, I know. Fiction, yeah. It's just ideas. I think of. It's not, so you like writing more about idea like about ideas and about um, things not of this world, maybe. But I don't really write supernatural. I've, uh, you write about things within this realm. I just write about things that I think but they're of. they're made up stories. They're not. It's not something that really happened. I mean, they just kind of come to me. Yeah. 
it's just kind of a very open-ended thing. It's not, I don't sit down with like a very specific idea. I think it just comes about. Yeah. Well, do you yeah, find some, sometimes they're like really bad though? That's why you don't want to keep keep you know keep yeah. running on that story. That's what's that's what's been so hard about trying to write a novel. So you just one. stop if you don't think it's a good story. Yeah, that's deleted. But you have how many stories do you have written? A lot, don't you? Uh, partially written. I mean, I have like let's see, I don't, I don't really have a count. I mean, it's over thirty, ain't it? Probably like unfinished ones, but maybe I've probably finished maybe. <laughs> Maybe somewhere between five and ten of the of the ones that I, that I wrote. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll just start writing an idea like you think it's good, and then it just falls flat, and you just don't have anything else that you think's gonna improve the story. So you just you just stop. You scratch it and then start over. Yeah. Like well, do you, well like, I mean, do you think you can improve the story? You go yeah. back and rewrite it. Yeah, it's just I don't think every story that you write is gonna be something good. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's going to be bad. I like that story you wrote about something about the tower, the watchtower, or what was it? Something oh, about with a, with a uh, uh, Merc was his name. Merc was his last name. Yeah. He's like a, basically like a sorceress. Sorcerer, I mean. Not a sorceress. Yeah. A sorcerer that uh, basically possesses this, this whole... City? City. Well, it started with some guy trying to make it to this tower, and he eventually, like, encounters the guy, and he, he has some kind of stone or something that's controlling uh, the city. Yeah, there's this, like, ancient evil that's contained within this this uh, relic that, that the guy found while yeah. he was, while he was uh, doing excavations over there in, uh, like, Middle East and all that. Yeah. And he brought it back, but then this... What other guy ended up uh, killing the guy that discovered it and then taking yeah. it and then wielding its power, which basically drives him insane. Mm-hmm. And it like possesses him, so he's 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 under the under the control of this of this spirit. So what do you think uh, takes over his body? What do you think has influenced your writing the most? Like, is there an author, or, uh, stories, or movies that? have inspired your writing the most? Well, when I was a kid, it's going to sound kind of funny, but those Goosebump books were good. That's what inspired you? Really? Well, well, no, to like start doing it, because that's why, that's why mm. I started doing it. I would like read the story about this. has to be kind of a cool job to just do that. Yeah. To, to, to R.L. Stein. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's, I read a lot of Goosebumps books too as a kid, but I never wanted to write. Like, I just liked reading them. I mean, he's he's pretty highly regarded in, in, the, in that genre. Yeah. You know, young adults. All that kind of stuff. He he kind of started. I think I, I started getting those horror. from the book fair. Remember when you'd have book fairs at uh, in elementary school? Yeah, me too. That's where it came from. Because man, the smell of the new books. Like that smell would you get there? excited for going there? Yeah, mom like, would give you like ten dollars so you could go buy all the books you wanted to. All the books you wanted to. Well, I mean, you could buy as many books as you could with what they gave you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was the goosebumps and also scary stories to tell in the dark. I think those were those were pretty scary for being in elementary school. I just thought that it seemed like a cool thing to do to just write stories like that. So that's what I started doing. Yeah. But then, do you I mean, also, were you influenced by horror movies? Did you, what's the first horror movie you remember watching? That, or scary movie? That influenced me? Yeah. Um, or the first scary movie in general? That I remember seeing? Yeah. 
probably Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I and, think that was one of mine too. And it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I thought that Freddy's his, his claw was gonna come up through the bed and just yeah kill me while I was sleeping. Yeah. Wasn't a claw like self like it could come into your your world without Freddy? Like it would just climb up the wall. Climb right? up the wall. Yeah, like his claw, like no, he would, like, he would kill scratch. you in your sleep. Yeah. No, but I mean, his claw could scratch the wall, but you wouldn't see it. It would just be like, right? Like Maybe I'm invisible. Miss... Huh? Like he was invisible? Yeah. Or like, remember when he's the dude's laying on the bed and he comes like underneath him? He like stabs him? Yeah. That shit was scary. I know. But that that, that was probably the first movie I saw that scared me. Had Johnny Depp in it. Even though watching it now, I found it <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, he's funny. a funny character. When he, uh, when he drags a girl up to the ceiling and yeah. brutally, you know, funny stuff, right? Yeah. Although, I mean, the, the scary movies that I first saw, I remember, like, Friday the 13th, um, you know, Halloween. Um, Halloween's definitely a, you know, definitely a, a, what you would call a monumental kind of leap forward in horror movies. Yeah. Like, just the whole concept of being stalked anyway is kind of scary. Right. But in that movie, he put like puts you in the you know behind the eyes of the stalker. Yeah. But then you had, you know, we discovered like Hellraiser and one that yeah. scared me as a child was the Island of Doctor Moreau. Even though I watched it as an adult and it was like funny, <laughs> I was laughing. But as a, a kid, it was fucking scary. You know. Yeah, there's hybrid people, hybrid yeah. animal people. Yeah. Peoples that he produced. But then, you know, also Alien was good. I, would, would, I don't know if I would consider that. I guess that is horror, yeah. Like I said, H.G. Wells was a pretty well-known, well, science fiction is what he was known for writing. But, you know, but he kind of... War of the Worlds? Yeah, he, but he kind of infused, like, early elements of horror into it. Yeah. Into his writing. But it was also science fiction, right? Yeah, like The Island of Dr. Moreau was written by him. Yeah. By H.G. Wells, and... So War I mean, of the Worlds. For the time, he was he was he was really ahead of his time. Is that. he the one that um, he narrated the the story over the radio? War of the Worlds, yeah. And people thought it was a real yeah, like, like it was really happening. Yeah, because he was really good at, at storytelling. So the way he told it, so people were actually freaking out when he was telling that over the radio. Like they thought it was actually happening. Yeah, that, yeah, they thought an alien invasion was taking over. <laughs> Man, but for the time, it was pretty scary, you know. Yeah. Thinking back. When was that written? Uh, I can't give it an exact year, but it was, it's, it's old. But is that the same guy that invented Scientology? Hmm? Was Or no, who was that? I thought that was something from World of the World, Scientology. It was, uh... R.L. Hubbard, or... What was his name? H. Something uh, Hubbard. Hubbard. <laughs> L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. But, but he wrote a book, didn't he? Yeah, that was Scientology based. was based on? Yeah, Scientology is kind of a... That wasn't War of the Worlds, though? You know, it could have been. I thought it had something to do with it. I don't know, but that would sound stupid. I don't know. We could always look it up. No, Unless... wasn't that Battlefield Earth? I thought based off of... Battlefield Earth? Yeah, it was based off of Scientology. I don't know. I've never heard of that. But how ridiculous is Scientology? You know? All you gotta do is watch this episode of South Park and explain everything. <laughs> I mean, Tom Cruise is kind of crazy. 
Um, Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, because he's a Scientologist. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, who are some other notable Scientologists? Uh, you think of off the top of your head? Honestly, how many Scientologists uh, are there? God. Man, the guy from Greece. Um, <laughs> from Greece. Oh, John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta. John Travolta, he's a Scientologist, yeah. Yeah. That chick from, um... No, she used to be a Scientologist. The one from King of Queens? Yeah, Romini. Yeah. What's her name? Jean Romini? No. Jeannie Romini. (laughs) I can't think of her name. But, um, no. Gina Romini. Back to what we were talking about, though, about, you know, writing and all that. Yeah. Writing is... We're just starting to get off topic here. What about writing? So well, you're uh, talking about what you're influenced by. Yeah, horror stories is what I like to read the most. Yeah. You know, um, Clive Barker. Yeah, Clive Barker is probably the best example. Stephen King. Stephen King, the Dean master. Coots. Dean Coots. Right. I haven't read as much of his stuff as I have Stephen King. But yeah. uh, I read his story Hideaway, which is pretty good. By who? Dean Coots? Or, yeah. Uh, um... Recently, he wrote a, a, a series of like short stories, like novellas, mm-hmm. that were based around this character called um, what about call Anne Rice. Are you calling him nameless or something? Is it, is it you like Anne Rice? I've never read her any of her stuff, but I've always wanted to. Like um, Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I've. I want to write. I just I haven't gotten in the the mood to do it or have the drive to do it. But I mean, it's something you really have to force yourself to do. Putting your hand to paper. So yeah. What are some of your? Um, Did we talk about? What's some right? of your favorite comedians? Do you like comedy? Do I like comedy? Who doesn't? <laughs> of course, I like. comedy. What do you think of comedy as a? Who's my favorite comedian? As a. Uh, uh, oh. as a stop. No, shut up. With the no, I'm saying comedy as a, as social as an art form or as social commentary. I don't see it as an art form, really. You don't. Art, I don't think uh, comedy is a form of art. As an art form of art, but it it is though. Like it's creative. You have to come up with jokes, and it's about the delivery, how you deliver it. What about what about insult comics? It just Gross people. That's I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big insult com- comedian. So you like more so-called socially aware kind of? I like where they, they talk about, like, yeah, social commentary, ob- observational comedy. Like George Carlin was probably probably the best example of one of those kind of comedians that, that was really in tune with yeah. everything wrong with 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 the world, with society, like you're saying. Right, the way things were going, like the progressive move uh, like the progressive shift of things like oh we're so progressive we you know we're socially conscious we're no but he talked a lot about like soft language like yeah like um like um overbearing advertisement he talked a lot about advertisement just advertising as a yeah as a as a social ill? Yeah, as something that... Or it was just used for companies to make more money. But Which, yeah, I mean, was, that's what businesses are about, but... But George Carlin was a good example of a, of a comedian that... That was that pissed was, off. It seems like he got more pissed off as he got older, didn't he? Yeah, he got a lot dirtier, too. 
Yeah. He used to be pretty kind of clean with his comedy. Well, because he was only when he was doing it on television, but then he. Yeah, wasn't he on Saturday Night Live for a while? Yeah, he was on a lot of shows. Was he on Carson? Probably. But he was a lot cleaner back then. He got, like, dirtier as it went along. Yeah. Also, Bill Hicks. I like Bill Hicks. God, Bill Hicks would never laugh, dude. Yeah. I'm saying Bill Hicks would never laugh at his own comedy. He, he He was very serious about what he said I think he meant uh, like he meant every word of it like he was real he was real like pissed off too and cynical and like it just seemed like he hated everything <laughs> he hated everything he hated a lot about the world you know yeah so he chose he chose the right path there going down common that comedy down that avenue he was also like really obnoxious with his kind of his jokes you know he'd go overboard a little bit was, was he obnoxious about it Remember that one where he was um, telling a joke and there was like a heckler and he got, he was like on the ground almost like yelling at that person? Yeah. He was like screaming at him. But. That, that must reflect some kind of fucked up psychological issue that he had. <laughs> These people have to have some kind of issues, man. Yeah. Well, I know he was like really anti religious. He was against organized religion. And, and I think his dad was even a pr- pastor or preacher or something like that. Well, that's not a very original. He was anti-religious. No, but he was like, he made fun of of religion a lot, and doesn't mean he's anti. It means a uh, organized religion. Yeah, like that bit he did where he was mocking some like Christian. He was like, or his his eyes were like crossed, and he was, you know, and he was telling some joke, and it was just hilarious the way he was. But kind was, of kind of exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny because he, he smoked his whole life. He ended up dying of cancer. Yeah. That's uh, kind of ironic. And he fucking joked he about it. He made fun too. about it. That's what yeah. was funny about it. So, like, yeah. if he ever ha- had to get, like, a like his trachea removed, he would smoke through a... Through the... Yeah. The vent in his uh, throat. Through the whole ones be like... <laughs> You're like... Thank you, guys, for coming out tonight. <laughs> I think it was, like, ask how many smokers there were out in the crowd and he would call people that weren't smokers a bunch of pussies or something like that. <laughs> and then he ended up dying of cancer. Yeah, he's kind of fucked in the head, I think. But You gotta be to do that kind but of that's what work. That's what made it funny. Right? I mean, it's not a glamorous yeah. job. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that all comedians are like that, but that, I, mean, I don't know. You know another comedian I like? Um, dang it. Rodney Dangerfield. He had the best, like, one-liners of any... Yeah, he actually told part. jokes. I don't know. Bill Hicks didn't tell, really tell jokes. Yeah, but it was just, like, one after another with, with uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, he never let up. <laughs> it's like he he was constantly coming up with new stuff. Yeah. But he, he uh... But it seemed like that was just his personality. He wasn't putting on an act. That's just how he was. Because even when you saw him on talk shows, that's how he was. I know, but he was... Yeah, he was more kind of easygoing kind of... Dude, dude, but he had a hard life growing up. Yeah. Dangerfield, but his comedy turned out to be kind of Maybe? lighthearted about it, about the whole thing. What was his, what was so hard about his life? Well, you know, his father not really being in the picture, all that. And his, oh, yeah. That's a common And his mother trip. having to, I know, but that's what happened to Ain't that him. a common trope <laughs> for, yeah. like, um, artists or comedians or that tell jokes? He was, like, one of the funniest people alive, I would say. The way his eyeballs stuck out? Yeah. They're like bulging? How do you do? Yeah, because he passed away in 2004. Yeah. 
Dang, so he was he, he almost 90 there. years old. Yeah. He was, uh, let's see, 80, 84, so he was 85 when he died. I mean, his movies were funny as shit, man, honestly. Like, I think he was only in one real serious movie, that Natural Born Killers. No, he was 83, I'll take that back. Remember, though, he was in that? He was in Natural Born Killers? Yeah. With uh, Woody Harrelson and Juliet, Juliet Lewis. That was a crazy-ass movie. Remember, he ended up drowning drowning Rodney Dangerfield in a fish tank. That's how he killed him. Yeah. That's how Woody Harrelson's character comes into the picture. Yeah. <laughs> Murders him in a fish tank and then takes off with his daughter. So, back to uh, comedians. What's another one you like? Besides the three we've talked about so more, far. More uh, recent? We're talking yeah, about like more comedians modern. Comedians aren't even... Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Bill Burr. I think he's pretty, pretty <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, you know, unapologetic about his what he's saying, and yeah, he doesn't care who he pisses off, and I love that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, but it's funny. Like just his delivery cracks me up when I see it. the way he. I don't know. Yeah, like, there was one um, was show he did where he pissed off like the whole yeah, he city. Get, yeah, he was just like, what wasn't it? Was it Philadelphia? I think I can't remember what city it was, but yeah, yeah he, he, like, he was pissed. talking shit about their city and yeah, he pissed all over him. Yeah, but they were heckling him and he just kept going, like giving it back to him. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody like tried to run at him, attack him on stage. I like that, that you know, the unapologetic. I mean, it's comedy, man. Unapologetic. Yeah, and Dave Chappelle, like Dave Chappelle. To tell the truth, I. I I can't believe that they're still that they're still able to do that with all the controversy that you know that, that um, uh, Dave Chappelle stirred up with that with his with his last couple of stand-ups. Yeah, stand-ups. Well, it's ridiculous that people get that you can't even have free speech and people. It's comedy, man. Exactly. Learn to take a joke. It's supposed to make you smile. Yeah. Like the you know all the transgenders are all mad at him because he was making a joke. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like yeah. He was just telling the truth. It, he didn't. It's not like he don't like transgender people. He even talked about somebody that was like that that he that he befriended. Yeah, that was like his best friend. But, that he but then she. Of his. But, but then he committed suicide or something. It. No, he he actually he, talked about it committing suicide. Paul. Yeah, he did. Cause um, I forget why. But it has something to do with. Well, he was like, like purposely trying to stoke, you know, stoke the. Yeah. Stoke the flames, like. But that, but that whole movement has become yeah he was challenging the, like a cult really it's like if you don't believe this way you know you're a horrible person you're a bigot and a, you know no it's just like a podcast I was watching with uh, Joe Rogan of course and Matt Walsh Who, wait who's Matt Walsh he's that conservative um, commentator that that's been challenging the whole gender ideology gender politics and all that stuff. Is that even a thing? Gender politics? Well, where they're... Yeah. The whole... I don't know what you're Where you're not... About. You don't feel like you're born is what... Or you're not... You're... When you're born, you're... You weren't born what you think you were supposed to be born as. You know, what? No, you weren't born what you thought you were supposed to be born as? You know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Gender dysphoria? Yeah, yeah. But where it's become... Or it's become extreme. I mean, they're mutilating children's genitals and giving them uh, uh, puberty blockers to prevent them from uh, 
No, to prevent them from developing secondary sexual characteristics, like, you know, so they can decide when they get older what they want to be. But that whole, just challenging that whole idea, cult of ideas, you know, just crazy. But, so mutilating children's genitals is like, is like the new norm or something? Well, you have doctors that, you know, the kid, the parent will say, oh, my kid's transgender they're five years old and shouldn't that be illegal yeah they have made it illegal in a lot of states but it like they were saying it's a it's an experiment is what's going on and it's going to have bad consequences it already is having bad consequences so it's a, so you're saying it's a social experiment yeah to what to see how much they can get away with or no because they they uh, no, they're experimenting. They're saying, okay, if we change this kid's um, sexual hormones at an early age, that it'll make them develop into the gender that they think they're supposed to be, that they identify with, the gender they identify with, and that they'll be happier. Because they, their, their idea, they're saying a kid that doesn't, they're, they're five years their old. Sexual, their body doesn't match what sex they think they're supposed to be, that they'll commit suicide. That's what these doctors are telling their that's parents. What, that's like, what they're actually saying? Yeah, they say if we change their body to match what they think they are, then they'll be a happier person because their body matches what gender identity they, they identify with. No, there, there's been cases where, where people have had regrets about it. Yeah. That they, they had it when they were younger, and then when they get... To a certain age. That's the whole thing that Matt Walsh and uh, Joe Rogan were talking about. They were saying that it's common sense. the cases of suicide are higher of people that transition into a different sex and then they regret it later on and end up killing themselves because they yeah they destroyed their, their bodies, basically. Nobody says anything about that. Yeah. But that's why it's become a cult and just outrageous. You know? Uh-huh. Well, I know. Well, like... If you're part of that that belief, you have to adopt all their their beliefs and ideologies. So you basically, when you're out in a group of people, you have to voice that you agree with that you to be to a part voice, of that like, group. Support of it. Okay. Yeah, it's like they just spout off these things without even thinking about the consequences of it or. If they really even believe it, they just say it because they're part of that group. You know what I'm saying? Because so they, just they adopt. want to be accepted. Right. People have that. They want to be accepted as part of that in-group. You don't want to be, say, well, I don't really agree with that. And then people look at you like, oh, you're a piece of shit or whatever. Because you don't fall in line with Cause you, the Because you don't agree with experimental surgery on children. Yeah. It's experimental. Five-year-olds yeah. getting fucking these kind of that, surgeries. Yeah, it should be illegal, really. Yeah, the doctors should be fucking punished by the the greatest extent of the. Of the yeah, they should system. have their uh, license. <laughs> they should be thrown in fucking jail. Yeah, it's crazy. Five-year-olds. That that's just. Yeah. It's unthinkable. Really. Yeah. yeah, that shit's happening, left and right. Yeah, I mean, you're born what you're supposed to be. You're not. You weren't created. You know, God didn't make. I don't know. It's 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 a weird, wild world we live in, right? Weird, pretty weird. Definitely fucking weird. It's getting weirder as time goes very, on. Very, very weird. Yeah. I mean, I like the technological advances. I think we could use them in a more, uh, like, uh, what positive way. 
to make things better for disabled people and just make us like what do you mean? we can make us more efficient. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, like infusing technology with biology, like with our like in games like Cyberpunk or that's isn't that uh, just as questionable as? Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying if it helps people, what I'm saying. Like, give me that, an example of like something. Like somebody who's paralyzed and they, they got something that's connected to their brain that allows them to control um, a computer or a video game just using their brain. Like they think it and it happens. Don't they, they have, have like? Don't they have something like that? Well, they're Tied experimenting your, with it, like to your neurons, Neuralink, that thing with Elon Musk. Yeah. That dude's fucking, he's crazy. He's a, he's he's, a genius. I know he's a genius, but you gotta be kind of crazy to be a genius, you know? He's a little out there. He's a little, yeah. He's a little strange himself. Well, he's... From what I've seen. Apparently, he has Asperger's. He said he has Asperger's. Asperger's? Asperger's, yeah. Asperger's? But, like, his kids are named things you can't even pronounce. It's like X... They're code names. 101... Like, they're a project... Like an A and an E, like together. Dude, his kids are projects, man. You think? Yeah. What if he's an alien? I, I, I honestly, I think. Is he even human? Dude, I think extraterrestrial life is out there. Yeah. Dude, maybe you like. Maybe that's us. why he's so awkward because he's a think alien. About it, you know, he doesn't act human. Yeah. He don't know how to be human. Dude, he has got. He's so alien-like, dude. Yeah. Strange. I mean, all he does is shoot off rockets from his little space. Like, imagine being so rich. You can just build rockets and shoot them off, like, into space, you know? What do you think? He just sees single-handedly builds rockets? No, I'm saying he has a a whole fucking... Yeah. But he's behind the whole thing. Building rockets for what purpose? Um... I don't know. What are you talking about? He shoots... Do you know SpaceX? That's Elon Musk. Yeah, what, what does he do exactly? Um... He's experimenting with rockets and like he was trying to do this I think it's already been implemented where he's putting satellites all the all the way around um, the earth like the equator so that people in like GoldenEye Africa exactly can, like GoldenEye yeah can get internet access anywhere in the world really? like yeah like people in the Amazon or tribe tribes and they like you just they just go there and drop them off smartphones they wouldn't have phones anyway they, they wouldn't know what to do with them. I know. What if they did that just to see what they would do? Like, would they pick it up and start matching They'd probably it? destroy him. I don't <laughs> know. Bro, this shit's fucking evil. Yeah. Well, that's gotta be weird living in the jungle like that. So there's a modern world outside of that, but you're still living like, like it's like a thousand years ago or something. But to them, it's be. normal because that's all they know. Right. Like, imagine being in the jungle and a helicopter comes. You've never seen this in your life, and they're, like, looking at you. You know, you got to be like, what the fuck is that? I know, but do you think that they're, that the, like, that they're actually aware of, of what, of, of what the, what's going on in the rest of the world that these people are completely disconnected from? I don't know. They, they have to know that there's a modern world out there. They're not completely isolated, I don't think. Are there tribes that are completely isolated still? I think. Yeah. As depicted in movies like <laughs> Green Inferno and I don't know, that's beyond my my uh, my understanding. I don't know. Cannibal Holocaust. Well, we've covered uh, a lot of topics today. It's random shit we can think of. 
but I think it, it gets the the juices flowing and I don't know we kind of went from talking about comedy for some reason to talking about transgenderism <laughs> trying to figure out why that transition because we went to Dave Chappelle and we were talking about the controversy with that how he stirred up some controversy with that his last special before well uh, before the one that he, that he gave was more like a speech I think yeah uh, that, that college uh, was it out of college yeah I'm pretty sure it was at yeah it was at some college but uh before that the they the, the, yeah, changed as he went to called. Africa oh was it called the closer yeah but he's changed since he went to Africa for like 10 years remember that he went away he wasn't gone for that long what he wasn't and then he came back and he was like, like buffer. He had like, like <laughs> what he was he like doing? Is he like lifting, like lifting weights. And he shit? started smoking cigarettes, or did he? I think he smoked before, didn't he? Yeah, he would always smoke on the cigarette. Yeah, smoking. Looks like his voice changed. I know it's because he got older. But he yeah. sounded kind of like tougher, you know. <laughs> he, sort, he sounded like a more tough guy. Well, another reason he left was because he remember he he uh, got offered like. How much yeah, money was it? Fifty million dollars. Fifty million dollars. He's like, if I if I accept that, they own me. There's no more Dave Chappelle. Right. So basically, they're offering to control his comedy, I guess, his or comedy his comedy regime. Yeah, or control his brand. Like he would become a product. Right. And he didn't want to become that. So he fucking left. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. I guess. These people are, we get, we'll give you $50 million, but you have to sign this contract and you can't say certain things or you can't, you have yeah, to do it. Money has to, money has to change you in a way. Yeah. That kind of money. Yeah. I mean, it's like with the whole, uh, bands that are on independent labels versus ones that are on bigger labels. Like they're able to, they have more artistic freedom, you know, like Mastodon. They were on a big label for a while and then they went to a smaller label because they wanted to have control over their product, over their music. So, yeah, they went back to a smaller, back to Reprise Records, I think it is. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's comedians like that that are, that are keeping the, keeping the so-called art, you know, the art form alive. You know, people that are, I mean, comedy couldn't exist without freedom of speech you know right without the right to express yourself the way that you want to are you saying music or comedy comedy but I mean uh, yeah freedom of speech is one of the you know one of the facets of of American life that you know that needs to be you know that we need to hang freedom of expression <laughs> yeah if you don't have that then Free what speech. do you have yeah yeah that's the whole thing they're trying to uh, the censorship on uh, like Facebook and Twitter. Well, Twitter's not like that anymore since Musk took over, right? Now he's censoring the, their side. <laughs> Is he censoring it? I thought well, he wasn't. Are suspending people? I, I saw something about Kathy Griffin was suspended for something she said. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean tit Kathy for Griffin. tit for tat, right? I like karma. She was never fucking funny. Yeah, but uh, ever. But they're saying like misinformation. Here we well, go. it's free speech, but they call it misinformation. Is um, is causing people to uh, become extremists or something, or causing people to commit acts of terrorism, or you know, like and that's the, the whole... problem with social media. 
yeah. it further creates a division. People, yeah. people halfway across the world hating each other because because they don't because their beliefs don't fall in line with each other exactly. Yeah, well, it's given. I like it. Like it's like somebody said. It's given a loud voice to to ideas that aren't that aren't widespread, but they seem like they are because the people saying it are so loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, going back to <laughs> you know what I mean. Going back to these crazy ideas that people have. Yeah. About gender and just what. Like what a woman is, they can't even agree on what a woman is. Yeah, I thought it'd never come that. Yeah. So, I think we'll wrap it up about there. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're gonna try to post post a couple of episodes a week. At least once a week. And see what. Work. See what we can. See what we can come up with, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that? Well, I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm Robert. This is the Bros and Wheels podcast. We'll see y'all next time. Take care.